Welcome back to Mahan's Blogcast. This week we are doing a New Year's special on 20 lessons I learned in 2020. Honestly, I probably could have done 40. <laughs> this year has been one for the books, no doubt. And a lot of interesting reflections on mortality, human nature, existential threats, and just generally the future of the human race. Um, some frightening, some encouraging. Overall, it's it's been a, a real renaissance for my, my thinking and my brain. Without further ado, here's the intro by Chris Bent and 20 Lessons from 2020. Boom! lessons from 2020. 2020 reminds me of the time I ran face first into a glass window. Through the window was a pretty garden, a lovely hotel courtyard, grass, trees, exciting places to be explored, which got closer and closer until bang, I'm flat in my ass. It just all looks so promising. But nothing is ever wasted, that is my attitude. And in fact, in the times of the most intense suffering, you are confronted with the real face of life. Raw, naked, and swinging an axe at your head. What did I learn from all this dueling? Number one, the illusion of our complete mastery of nature was shattered. Can't remember who said it, some science guy. Still, the basic idea was infectious disease is gone and we have everything under control forever. We do in our feck. We are just as precariously placed as our ancestors, and no technology is going to save us from destruction if we fall asleep at the wheel. Uncertain and existential risks exist in every corner of the world, and we cannot see them coming. Who predicted a pandemic? Feck all people. And even if more did, who would have listened? Suppose someone actually does figure out what is going to destroy us. In that case, we'll all be too busy arguing to do anything about it. Number two, improvise, adapt, overcome. I don't know how many plans got cancelled. After a while, I just stopped making them. Or then when I did, my attitude was like a military operation with plan A, B, C through to Z. In an uncertain environment, plans must be part of a working model and kept alive and alert like ninjas. When one fails, there has to be another. Organization is the key to success. Number three, kill your darlings. When something doesn't work, stop doing it. The idea that you have to proceed in the wrong direction out of posterity or consistency is like that guy in the horror movie who just needs to get left behind because he has a death wish. Adjust your aim and habits when they are not creating the outcomes you want, and don't look back. 4. Life can be simple. Taking stock of what I actually missed was not that much. People were a big one, jokes, outside, pubs. Still, thankfully most of my hobbies held up. Writing, running, reading, being an isolationist hell-bent on independence comes in handy sometimes. Living like a monk is good preparation for having everything taken away. What did you miss most? Number five, unused energy manifests in mind as bullshit. A routine is the way to get that bullshit out of you and into the world. Energy that is not used in action manifests in the mind as overthinking. Six, routine is a psychic anchor in the day. No matter how bad things get, if I can get breakfast in the morning, I'll survive.
Number seven, human beings have temperaments. We have a nature. People are fundamentally different. Before the lockdown, there were people who were never going to follow the rules. There were also people who would berate those people and follow the rules no matter what, and people who wouldn't give a shit. The lockdown didn't change anyone, but what it did was exaggerate our existing temperamental difficulties and reveal just how fragile our society is. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. Number eight, mortality. Death isn't this crazy thing that just happens to people on motorcycles. We can die, and often I don't think about this. Particularly when I did have the coronavirus, I thought about dying. I thought that if this was it, what would I regret? What would I miss? What should I have done? The answer is love harder, fuck everybody's opinions, and say what I think. I also read an article about a guy who died of cancer at 32, and he wrote that we should never regret one grey hair or one wrinkle. Not everyone gets to have them. That stuck with me. Getting old is a privilege, not necessarily a right, and something we shouldn't complain about because not everybody gets to do it. Number nine, the unsolvable moral problem of individual and collective responsibility. We've seen this one echoed in the pandemic, the race war, and several other areas, concept creep. How are my actions as an individual responsible for the group? Or how is my group responsible for my identity as an individual? When people were equating going outside to killing someone's grandparents, I started to wonder about the issue. On what level are we as individuals responsible for the collective? Maybe ultimately. Is the state of the world at large a result of the agglomeration of individuals' actions and non-actions? In that sense, my behaviour could be the step towards the apocalypse or not. I don't really think we grapple with this problem in any real sense. Otherwise, we would be in a state of crippling existential angst every second of every day. The answer lies in that, in a complex system, small changes cause more than proportionate results. So maybe as an individual, you could be the butterfly's wings that start a hurricane. Scary thing to think about. Number 10. We all have a moral story. We feel a certain way and then we make up the reasoning and the story afterward. Don't trust yourself. The first person who lies to you is you. So you should never assume the best in your intentions and that your story is automatically true. You need to look at what your worst intentions could have been and form competing stories to get an accurate picture of your behaviour. Number 11. Bad ideas are like drugs. People become addicted to drugs to avoid pain. The same is true of bad ideas. A bad idea gives you a positive emotion instead of a negative emotion. You trade one for the other, like masturbating when you're sad. They act as a barrier between you and a negative realisation. For example, if you want to believe human nature is good, then it stops you from facing up to the fact of all the bad things we've done under such casual circumstances. Bad ideas are like tasty sweets, which prevent you from sinking your teeth into sour and unpalatable truths. We can be very elegantly and passionately wrong, so don't trust your unfounded conclusions. Number 12. Isolation damages trust. You could have nearly set your watch by it. Lockdown announced, uproar, cue the creation of factions and conflict. Everybody is an expert on something and loads of people believe the world is flat. Human ignorance is not just an isolation problem, still the lack of trust makes us unable to have a cohesive society and trade with one another. Isolation breeds more isolation due to a lack of trust and fear of others. Number 13. We are apes that sort ourselves into groups. In his book The Blank Slate, Steven Pinker talks about the idea of the moral circle. 
in which once you're inside, you're sweet, but outside, you're about as human as a lobster. We create groups because psychologically this allows us to know who to trust and who to compete with. It's as efficient as shirts and skins in football. We are tribal and used to operating small family groups that bear some familial or tribal resemblance. So we can easily split into groups with definable features, i.e. religious groups, mask, non-mask, black, white, male and female, etc. And then set about dehumanizing the other, the out group. The only way to combat tribalism is to be aware of our human proclivity for tribalism. Number 14. Human beings are self-interested. This is kind of a truism summed up by Adam Smith's non-sequitur. It is not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own self-interest. Now, of course, there is altruism. The pandemic has been marked by great acts of kindness and community. When the chips are down, really down, and the future is uncertain, people look after themselves and their families first. Cue toilet paper hoarding example. As I observed in the pandemic, self-interest is fundamental and survival and benevolence is built on the back of that truth. Number 15. Isolation makes you crazy. The time alone, talking to yourself constantly, presents you the perfect opportunity to weave yourself to mental knots that you must begin unwinding the next time you face a human being. In isolation, the world seems to become more complex as the excess mental energy picks fights with the internet. Part of a healthy functioning mind is having relationships with other people. Number 16. Social media can destroy the world. During the whole lockdown shitstorm, I realised this technology was capable of our distorting our perceptions and expressing our dark emotions to a level that threatened our society's very fabric. I realised that having more information was actually a problem in itself, and with institutions tripping over themselves to be wrong, we just had a giant echo chamber that was about as much use as white noise in a radio. I promptly tuned out. Is it better to be ill-informed or misinformed? In addition to that, social media is a massive tool for social verification and manipulation, and could further the in-group, out-group problem to degrees never before seen in human history, where we end up with a sort of group-based neo-feudalism. Fun. Number 17. I need other people. I can't live without human beings. Honestly, an existence in isolation just doesn't feel worth it. I learn truly the best things are shared. Not knocking being alone, but feck. There's only so many jokes you can tell yourself. Number 18. In chaos, there is opportunity. I took advantage of the confusion to launch a sneaky new career as an entrepreneur, blogger, and an author. Maybe this was an easier time to get people's attention. I certainly had more time anyway. Either way, sitting back and saying this is an excellent excuse for doing nothing would have meant missing out on some of the greatest opportunities I've had in my life. Number 19. Hard times bring people closer together. I met Anna just about pre-pandemic. She even gave me the coronavirus, which is very generous of her. But who knows what would have happened to us otherwise. Maybe we wouldn't have given a chance to our relationship and just went off gallivanting on Tinder. That breaks my heart to think we could have missed out on the happiest relationship I've ever had, period. A little bit of suffering makes you grateful for who and what you have and can be a gift if your eyes and heart are open. Number 20. A sense of humour is key. The means might have slowed down, but they never stop coming. Life's a ball bag, and if we can't laugh about it, you aren't going to make it. Humour is essential to life and survival, especially in tough times. As Miyamoto Musashi said, think lightly of yourself and deeply of the world. Here's to a better year. 
one with as much laughter, learning and loving as we can muster. And all I can say is, 2021, don't feck this up. Thank you.